This is Design School as a podcast for the growing designer. Those interested in design, starting their career in design, or looking for a reminder of why they went into design. In this episode, we talk with Macbeth Watson, Vice President of Design and Research at Strava in San Francisco, California. Macbeth's career spans companies such as Microsoft, Pinterest, Starbucks, and Strava. Watson talks about how her endurance and achievements as an accomplished athlete have helped focus her career goals, the importance of connections in making career changes, and her unique approach to design leadership. Focusing on the best approach to take on a project, finding the right people to bring new perspectives, and being confident in your genuine self. Macbeth Watson, thank you for being on This Is Design School. We uh, greatly appreciate your time here. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. And uh, a fellow of Seattleite, uh, now in San Francisco, can you maybe give us a little bit of your uh, design journey? How did you get to be where we are today? Yeah. So, I mean, art was probably part of like my upbringing. My mom was an artist. So it just kind of naturally, I went into school with like art and design or science, very different ways. And design just like felt right after like going through a bunch of science classes. And so, yeah, I kind of went into college, got a degree in visual communication, and then continued on from there into like some of the bigger companies in Seattle. Did you go into school knowing you wanted to do design? Uh, I went in knowing I wanted to do science or design. So it was either yeah. microbiology or graphic design. So I chose all the schools I looked at had to have both so yeah. that I didn't have to change. Mm-hmm. And the University of Washington was close to home, good programs for both. Yeah. Uh, it was a natural fit. So Ultimately, how did you decide? Because those are two very different things. I know, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was <laughs> a... are they? <laughs> yeah. There was a winter where I took a lot of like calculus and organic chemistry and like just a really heavy load. And Mm -hmm. it kind of just was like, this is really hard and doesn't feel natural. Um, And so I decided that following quarter to take some of the art classes and talk to an advisor and jumped right into visual communication from there. Mm -hmm. Just like, no, this doesn't fit. And design like happened really naturally from there like yeah so I uh, graduated I kind of needed a break so I coached skiing for a couple years missed design so much that I started redesigning random things um, and then did a bunch of like short contracts in the Seattle area to kind of get a taste of what was in the job market really and landed in digital and then landed at Starbucks corporate in their they had a label like a record label called hear music or they renamed it starbucks entertainment for a while as well and kind of landed there and stayed at starbucks for six years in those like first doing all those contract stints right when you were kind of getting into it Mm -hmm. what did you learn from that experience and did that kind of inform going into digital immediately yeah i mean i started with things like i would pick up small contracts where it was like oh, we need a presentation for Nordstrom's All Hands or a small print project and then some digital agencies, like even flash design and Mm. ads. And I really liked agencies for the fast pace. Digital just kind of made sense for me. Like print was great and I loved it, but it wasn't where I saw myself going. Mm -hmm. Um, So quickly went into websites and digital advertising. So 
Good job at Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks is great. Cool job, it sounds like. I got to redesign a lot of websites. I we moved uh, one of my last like major projects was bringing their website into being responsive mm. to going across all the platforms and that took a couple years of like proof of concept and then finding templates getting them onto like a whole back end that could manage all the content uh, which because for when I first started there it was like you'd hand code like if there was a typo yeah. um, and so that took a while and then I felt like I kind of had done it uh, enough when we kind of landed it in a really good place mm -hmm. so the website was fully responsive and one of the biggest yeah. of that at that time which was pretty cool yeah and then uh, from there I went to I decided I wanted to learn more about like uh, application and application design and shipping like bigger products and so I went to Xbox um, on their operating system was that transition hard going from more web-based design and digital over to like a big product in an OS essentially? Uh, I, so yes, a lot of the systems work I had done on the website landed yeah. itself very like transitioned really well to mm -hmm. Xbox, um, but it was a transition. Also Xbox moved way slower. Mm -hmm. uh, they ship like twice a year, like two really big ships where one is like for E3 and one is for Thanksgiving. And so, and I was used to releasing on a weekly basis almost. Um, right. So that was probably the hardest transition. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, I, it was an amazing experience to kind of like work on something so big. What was the shift in the team dynamic going from one to the other? Yeah, so at Starbucks, uh, the digital team was kind of under marketing, mm -hmm. whereas at Xbox it was product. Design team was kind of its own unit, really, and shared a building with the PM and engineering team, but we were 30 people, 35 people when I started. And even the shift of like cross-platform, including 10-foot screens and learning what that meant, uh, was quite a bit different than where I'd been on a pretty small team. Mm -hmm. I guess when you were there, at that point in your career, what was finding your voice like as a designer? Yeah, that was a, an interesting switch for me because uh, at Starbucks, like everyone's a Starbucks customer in some ways. Like yeah. you can yeah. relate really easily to the product and having a screen in store or like ordering, finding out what you need on your coffee. Um, but at Xbox, it was a pretty big drastic shift. I'm not a gamer. I'm not even good at sitting in front of the TV and watching TV. Uh, I don't sit still very well. So it was a pretty drastic change, which was actually good because I had to disassociate myself as the user mm -hmm. um, and really listen and um, try to understand what these people who use Xbox wanted in their product and what they needed uh, instead of what I wanted or needed in something. Yeah. Is that like a perspective you felt you had like the mindset or the methodologies prepared for going into that like from school or prior experiences or something that you learned from the team and the people you're around I think the basis I had learned in school helped quite a bit just being able to kind of be fairly neutral and yeah. solve problems but I definitely had to go through learning a lot of methodologies and also most of the other designers on the team were gamers so I used them as like information sources mm -hmm. as well as xbox users are some of the most vocal users i would say on any product they are very 
you don't have to have research studies to understand what they want. Like they are in the forums, they are everywhere. And so it took a little while to kind of learn that and to get up to speed on what they were looking for. Um, But looking back, I think, uh, I mean, the same principles apply. It just was that personal journey of like taking myself out of it. I couldn't Mm -hmm. solve for myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What was the most rewarding part of working like at that stage Mm -hmm. of your career? I think the design team at Xbox was uh, pretty amazing. Even though I wasn't a gamer, it felt like a family. It was really mm-hmm. tight-knit. Um, there was a lot of different types of designers. Like they weren't all clones of each other, for lack of a better word or way to describe it. Some people were from different backgrounds. It was just very diverse and but very inclusive. And mm-hmm. so that felt pretty amazing and probably the highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning how to do vision work and make that happen um, was great to see because you'd have to come up with these huge concepts for E3 or for other big marketing pushes to help the product move forward. And then being able to get as much of that into engineering and made was quite the job. Yeah. Is that mindset of like appreciating having a a team that's diverse and inclusive, like is that something that you took with you after you left Xbox? It's definitely um, one of the main things now that I value or try to hire for. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now at Strava, like I've had to pretty much recreate the team and I'm always aware of like, Do we need someone who has different skills? Do we want someone who has like a different perspective, different strengths, different weaknesses so that the team as a whole can be stronger Mm -hmm. Um, as well as like feel like here it's always an issue of like, is everyone an athlete or like a serious athlete? And the goal is actually no, like we need to have like a group. They all need to be passionate about what we're building, which was also something very true about Xbox. Um, But that doesn't mean they have to all be like high performance runners or cyclists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Xbox for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then... I was at Microsoft for four years. Okay. Yeah, kind of a lot of the entertainment products of Xbox. So okay. TV, live TV, um, redid their store, like that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, where were you off to after that? So after that, I got talked into coming to the San Francisco area to work at Pinterest. Um, and that was probably almost three years now ago um the team was smaller but uh one of my creative directors from xbox kind of like motivated me and talked me into joining the team um and it was a huge switch given the pinterest like was back to web mobile platform no 10 foot um things like that i also decided to switch and try going back to being an ic um because at microsoft and xbox i had like this very large team I was managing it was very um, almost felt overwhelming because it was like nine designers and a front-end engineering team at the time and so I came to Pinterest and started off as uh, an IC on the growth team and an IC as an individual contributor right yes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry for That's the okay. acronyms yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah I went back to like being the hands that designed and being in sketch and kind of actually doing the work Mm-hmm. Um, which was pretty, it was a, it was an eye opener for me. Cause like as a designer, you like think that that is like the 
the cream, like that is like the best part of design. But quickly I realized that my strengths had definitely transitioned into more leadership. And so within a couple of months, I was already back leading like a, te- a very small team um, and making those cross-functional relationships better and elevating other designers. And it just quickly, um, within a couple year or two, then I was leading all of growth at Pinterest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because you grew up in Seattle too, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so what was it like both doing that kind of career transition while at the same time moving down to San Francisco in this new space and new community. Like, not that Seattle and San Francisco are like completely different, but they're relatively different culturally. Yeah, it was definitely a shock almost to the point that it was such a drastic change that it really made me think through like all my strengths and like Uh, weaknesses and who am I and what am I as a designer as well as like where did my career gonna go from here things like that Um, where's my athletics like my hobbies and kind of leaving all my friends in Seattle had a very tight-knit so it was pretty shocking actually Mm -hmm. Um, but I dug into work dug into signed up for an Ironman and kind of like made my way through the process (laughs) yeah (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah Another thing I'm curious about when you think about designers in their young career is um, like the idea of developing really good contacts with those you work with mm-hmm. as like kind of on your journey through your career path. So this idea that, you know, you worked with someone at Microsoft yep. and then they moved and then they convinced you to move. What is that? What's that like and what does that feel like? Yeah, I think actually most of my career decisions have been based on people I've known or connections I've made between people, so friends of friends or things like that. And like having that relationship where you trust someone and trust what they're saying or trust that they think that this is a great opportunity for you or things like that is uh, paramount really. Like it's such a key part and even – Now it's like I make decisions based on the people that I'm going to work with. Do I trust them? Do I think that they're um, going to be amazing to work with? Will I continue to learn from them? Things like that. That that feels like it's also part of um, the the other part of who you are as an athlete, that there's a a sense of trust but a a sense of uh, teamwork that is built around that trust, built around that system of working together to a common goal. Yeah, definitely. I would say that, you know, people – make our lives richer so for athletics people make me motivated to keep running or biking or swimming or doing things Um, at work they inspire me to like challenge myself or help me learn through things or um, push my own expectations of myself Mm -hmm. it's definitely people are part of your life even if they're only for moments or I only talk to them every once in a while it's still like so impactful so now I just got a promotion. So, <laughs> so now I'm like head of product design at Strava. Yeah. Head of product design. Yeah. Um, how does it feel to be transitioned into this? Again, we're back into a, another leadership role and, and not an IC. And now, now you are nurturing and mentoring the ICs um, below you. Yeah, I think that's actually the part um, over the last couple of years that I have found that I really love about um, what I get to do is like helping other designers be the best, get to do their best work, be the best designers they can be or want to be and help them fulfill their goals. Um, 
at Pinterest, it was about like finding those opportunities and the projects and the teams that made the most sense for those designers, as well as same here at Strava. It's, you know, like how can I help them or how can I influence them to challenge themselves or um, just put them in the right fit? What's it been like transitioning from an, like a designer into that leadership role? Earlier on in your career, you're trying to find your voice as a designer. And oftentimes we do that by like, looking up to people and kind of copying them and then like at some point we kind of find our own voice in that what do you see that evolving into for yourself so my athletic career and my uh design career have kind of gone hand in hand and a lot of it's been kind of back and forth between the two athletics has brought me confidence in like my abilities to get through things or be authentically myself Um, and then I'm able to like pull that into my design career and be confident in who I am and be okay with that I am me as a leader I'm not necessarily exactly like any other design leader and that that's okay like Mm -hmm. I I'm super candid and, you know, I tend to move pretty quickly through things, but I also like listen and care deeply for my teams and everyone else's opinion and try to take what I have and make the best decisions, mm-hmm. um, sometimes too quickly, but I'll counter pretty fast as well and be authentic about that. Yeah. Um, so everyone knows that, but, uh, it's definitely gone hand in hand, like that confidence I get from being athletic and going through those situations that athletics and triathlon has pushed me into has definitely supported everything I've done in my design career as well. Do you find that there are young designers that are coming out of school now that have that similar mentality or that that's something that is learned after several years of doing this? I think each designer is kind of different. Some are really confident and like really sure of who they are and know what point of view they want to have. Um, Sometimes that'll get challenged, as it does for most people throughout their career. And as it should. Yeah, exactly. Others, even more mature and experienced designers, I think, are still struggling with that of, like, do I emulate my manager or my mentor, or how can I be my own designer? I recently talked to one of the designers on the team here, and she's definitely growing into like understanding what she wants to do and what excites her but she still feels like she's being asked to maybe be a manager when she doesn't want to is that right for her is that right for her career like I think you have to even experienced designers go through that challenge of like it can be really hard to be you um, when you're surrounded by a bunch of people who either celebrate or Um, are slightly different in methodologies or mindset, things like that. Mm -hmm. I feel that as a uh, faculty member who is on the other side, you know, trying to be the mentor, trying to be their advocate, and also pushing them out to have that experience, I I often wonder, am I preparing them enough? Am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing that's going to give them that push of being confident but also being willing to be challenged and realizing, yes, I'm right, or no, I need to change that methodology and adapt and move forward and, and so forth. And I don't, I don't know if I've landed on the right solution yet, but here we go. You know, like, yeah. it's like I dive off the, the deep end just with them as well. So Yeah, I think it's that being willing to kind of Um, have challenges and come through the other side of them and learn from them. 
I even have like a visual reaction to when people say like they've had failures and it's like no that's just like you've learned from that and you got through it and what did you learn from it things like that because it's it's good to have those experiences where it's really hard and you have to come through the other side and kind of be better or adapt or change like how you do things because it either makes sense for you or it doesn't or the situation you're in as well Um, sometimes it just doesn't fit but knowing that is pretty key, or being able to evaluate it. I always like to say that it's really only failure if you stop, rather than moving past and moving beyond it and figuring it out. Yeah, if you just like wallow in it, like that could be. I mean, there's a lesson there, I'm sure, but um, yeah, I think having challenges and being able to push through them, even situational or design challenges, same thing. So Yeah. What about this idea of being uncomfortable in discomfort because I feel like that is a common theme both between being a designer and being an athlete yeah just maybe def- one is more physical yes it's definitely very uh you get like I it's funny because uh I constantly say this because it's like you need to train like to be okay with having uncomfortable conversations or being in these uncomfortable situations for possibly like some time um some things don't resolve themselves like really quickly especially with people involved um or even design challenges like it may not be great but if you're okay with staying in that situation for a little while you can usually move past it and like keep iterating keep finding something that feels better and gets to a better solution um and athletics is definitely like that i think since I do Ironman triathlons, you like wind up with like this 12 plus hour day of being uncomfortable. Um, and you, like, that's a long time. You get yeah. really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and then there's like the daily practice almost of it. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's been pretty, I only kind of really realized that a couple of years ago of how much that has played into like being gritty or being able to get through some of these situations, both in work and on athletics besides practice has is there any like personal strategies that you have to help you push through discomfort I think a lot of it's uh mental um to be honest is being aware that this is right now but this won't be the same tomorrow or the next day and that there's if you keep working on it just like a design problem like you're going to have that epiphany at some point yeah. or another opportunity come along or things like that has been pretty paramount. Uh, I think a lot of people always uh, say that I'm like incredibly optimistic and I think it's just that I uh, try to make sure that I am like aware that there is like better opportunities. So it's not that it's like unrealistic of what's going on, but it's that there's always like hope or um, something to improve upon. There's also always something good that's going on. And so you can focus on those elements of it um, and keep make sure to maintain those things. Mm-hmm. When you look back, well, let's just, let's just narrow it down to your time since you moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. What, what in that career, but either between Pinterest or Strava, has been something like a particular thing that's been really uncomfortable that you've worked through and how did you work through it uh so 
I would say like Pinterest uh, was hard for me. Um, it was a very different design team. It was a different design culture. And really, um, I wouldn't say I totally fit in actually. Hmm. Um, and so working through that and finding people that I did connect with or teams that I um, could be successful and help them be successful was a pretty big challenge for me. And I learned a ton going through that, especially on the people side of um, leadership and what it meant to kind of like stay true to me and not try to be a different kind of leader and necessarily be the same as what someone interpreted as like what I should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was tough. Um, But at the same time, I had successes continually through the entire experience. Like another designer that I was mentoring did amazing work and was like thriving and, you know, like our growth was going through the roof, all these kind of things and still trying to work through some of these other things that I was trying to learn, um, which was pretty amazing. Do you think that that idea of fitting in, is that something that you think like put a lens on when you were hiring and building the team? Definitely. I think both my experience at Xbox and how that felt so supportive and diverse, as well as my experience at Pinterest, where it was like the talent was like through the roof. Um, But there was also kind of a lot of similarities in how like the types of designers like made me kind of like, how can I bring the best of both of those worlds into my team here? Mm -hmm. So I've definitely hired some and the designers here are all super senior and like hired better designers than myself in a lot of cases, but they're different. Um, They have different skills. They have different strengths. Some are really into methodologies and process. Others are really into visual design. Some are not as athletic as like other people at Strava. Some are super athletic. You know, it just kind of depends. Um, And so it's definitely been a huge part of how I like design teams to be. And I feel like they're most successful is when you can have that diversity but also the skill that was at Pinterest was through the roof and so that's kind of I've also pulled that into Strava. When you came to Strava being an athlete (laughs) (laughs) I think this is an interesting challenge because in some ways you were a user of the app like the product before you came in and obviously like walking around the office when we got here you could tell there's some pretty athletic people around here is is it a problem to balance designing a product by athletes for athletes with also removing yourself from the product to some degree? And how does your team balance that? Yeah, it's. I think balance is actually probably the best word. It is really powerful to have throughout the company a lot of athletes build this product. Like yeah. they're passionate. They really believe in the mission and the vision. They will get it, like just get into it in all of the ways that you would love like everyone to. Um, yeah. But at the same time, we have to remember that we are not our only users. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not the only people that use this. And we do want like a diverse group of athletes using Strava. Like it's meant to be a record of your active life. And everyone, we kind of like give everyone the word athlete as a title instead of user because even if you just go for just go for a walk and I'm using air quotes that that is like being an athlete you're doing something you're taking action and so it's we constantly try to look at the data we constantly try to bring in athletes to talk to you about their experience on the product what are they wanting to do what are they trying to do what do they need from us all these kind of things so that we can kind of sit back and not just use our point of view of what we should build and I think 
you can see in the product that sometimes it it is true like we've built things that we think are amazing and we really want but we're also doing other things like that we think uh, our athletes will really benefit from one of the things that i really appreciate with an, an app like strava is that it's an app that actually is encouraging you to not use it as opposed to getting out there and doing something with the app or to to log with the app um I, I'm having this love-hate relationship with social media right now mm-hmm. of uh, always feeling like I need to be on it because I'm, I'm missing something as opposed to um, enjoying it or, or experiencing something outside to experience something inside. And uh, an app like Strava is uh, take it with you, but be in the physical world, be out there to do something, which is really fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Our goal is to help people be motivated, help support, um, encourage people to be out and use like using their bodies and like being active and outside of the tech and the tech should just be there as like a layer to record or support or find a new route like these kind of things just to be that outside support system for it versus actually being the core experience like we constantly are keeping track of how much how does our screen time on the app compared to like how much time people are um, logging of like activity and we really value that like right now like it's more activity than it is screen time so how we design everything is to almost like encourage you to go back and do some more activity and not necessarily spend it scrolling through our feeds mm-hmm. yeah. so what's the next phase uh well for me like i've just been at strava for since january so i'm still relatively new here um the design team has gotten to a really healthy place i'm super proud of where we're at right now the team's um getting is very embedded in all their vertical teams which is kind of like our focused teams that we have um and so the next is like how can i make a bigger impact on the product um now that the teams and the designers are set up for success. It's kind of like now we can like really get into the weeds and like push some new things. Uh, so we've started already with like new challenge formats uh, that solve a bunch of problems that were existing with our previous formats. And then we've got a bunch of really cool stuff on the roadmap. So any uh, any CEO title behind your name anytime soon? Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's a goal. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, I recognize there's also like it's a process. Like things happen yeah. when they happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've been able to like definitely like take the role I'm currently in and show that I can achieve it. And so now it's like how can I have a bigger business impact and really like set um, the rest of the design team up for success so that it can be. Um, have an impact on the both like the product as well as the business. So, so Macbeth, we're almost at the end of our time with you. Um, we liked to end with a recommendation list from our guest. Um, wondering if you have a uh, recommendation of maybe a place to run in San Francisco, since we're here for for a little bit doing some interviews. Um, any suggestions? Yeah. So my probably favorite place is um, Golden Gate Park. Um, it's definitely, I think, a lot of people's because you can run on trail instead of just on pavement. But there's also Panhandle kind of connects it to it, which is a really great loop for shorter distance. And then you kind of get into Golden Gate. You can get down to the ocean really quickly from there. And then there's like a really great – if you want to run like 20 miles, you can run all the way around the city and include it, which I've done a couple times. But 
there's like a lot of different routes right within the city in the Golden Gate Park. What's something you, an article or a book or an audio book that you've read or listened to recently that you felt was impactful for you that would be beneficial for others? Yeah, I think lately I've been doing a lot of audiobooks while I run, and my favorite has been the Dare to Lead book from Brene Brown um, that really kind of like pushes, like, be authentic, be kind. Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability, right? Yeah. 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 A lot about like just being yourself and being okay with that and not having to be perfect all the time, but kind of learning through it. Yeah. I've also never understood how people listen to audiobooks when they run. <laughs> how, how did you do that? Uh, I use it for only my long runs. Right. Um, and when it's a great way to kind of distract yourself. So yeah. I have kind of a usual route and I can, it helps just like defocus on like this being uncomfortable yeah. or maybe I'm got a lot going on in my head for work and I don't want to think about that and I want to just keep running. And so it's yeah. like takes that pressure off and just helps you just kind of keep going. Yeah, I do sense. podcasts sometimes too, but that's funny because I do podcasts when I, I'm more of a cyclist. And so yeah. that's, that's what I listened to, 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 to get up the hills and to, to keep the, the endurance going for some reason, listening to someone else's conversation is, is very motivating for me. Yeah. It <laughs> distracts you and takes mm -hmm. the focus off. I yeah. do like, I like a podcast for like, sh they switch too much for long runs. And so books have been mm -hmm. really good because it like keeps you entertained and going like the entire time for like yeah. a three hour run yeah. it's really nice to yeah. have like a really long book um so yeah if i can make a recommendation for you yeah um there's a podcast called lavar burton reads yeah. if you remember when you were younger mm -hmm. uh, lavar burton had reading rainbow on pbs uh, now he has a podcast which is reading rainbow for the kids back in the 80s oh my that are as adults as adults that sounds so he's, amazing he's reading these short stories and they're usually in like half an hour or so yeah. but um oh man it's just so good um, I bet. his last season he did a two-part uh, episode and it was one of those ones where I, you know I'm on the bike and it's like oh this can't this can't last that long how is he going to wrap this up and then he's like stay tuned next week and I'm like oh you're kidding me what are you doing to me <laughs> yeah see that like it keeps you going you it gotta does. like it yeah. keeps your mind off of things what is your tracking device of choice so I use Garmin and I have a 935. So it's like their multi-sport um, one. It also has the longest battery life, which is really uh, key. Oh, yeah. Um, so and does all the swim bike runs that I need. And yeah. I wear and then I have an Apple Watch on the other arm. So the Garmin is for my workouts. And since with training for full Ironmans, you tend to have two workouts a day. So yeah. it just doesn't come off because I'll forget it and not have it for my next workout. Mm -hmm. And then I have an Apple Watch for what meeting I need to be at <laughs> and uh, those kind of like notifications and things like that. I used to wear like a really bright pink Timex watch for uh, just to have the regular time of day, but also to have like my time of race, like the overall time. Hmm. And so I use the Apple Watch for that now, too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Macbeth, thank you so much for your time. We uh, greatly appreciate it. And it was an awesome conversation that we had. Thank yeah, you. It was a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was great. I'm glad yeah. this all worked out. Mm -hmm. This is Design School is recorded in the field where design happens.
The music for This Is Design School is composed and recorded by Michael R. Clark. You can find Michael online at musiclabtacoma.com. For additional information about each of our episodes, visit thisisdesign.school. We'd love to hear what you like, what you don't like, and what you want to hear on the show. Follow the podcast on Twitter at TIDS Podcast or join the Facebook page. Also, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and share us with your designer friends. Stay safe, stay healthy, 